Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash IMTV and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTV. Welcome to an episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Hello. So obviously, we've still been in quarantine. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, just chilling and stuff like that. Although, I will say, I think it's starting to teeter towards people really starting to lose it. Like, I think there's a beginning phase where people were irritated. Yeah. Then there's a, there was a phase where people realized, like, oh, this is a this is a real thing fuck <laughs> and now i think there's a new phase where people are, are starting to understand like oh this isn't something that just isn't going away it's still here and we don't know what we're doing and there's a whole new level of like what the fuck what am i supposed to do etc i think the next phase could be the worst because i think that's when people are going to start to realize like Oh hey, a lot of people lost their jobs and they're never getting those jobs back. Yeah. Not just because of, you know, them having to leave, but like um, you know, the company actually closing down and etc. Uh so yeah, that's gonna be a fun one. But this one was just this was more irritating. And my mom even told me, she was like, I think it's getting to you. I was like, It's not getting to me. It's everyone else that's getting to me. But other than that, you know, it's been pretty cool. I actually did the one thing that I said I was going to do, and I caught up on a bunch of TV shows that I completely forgot about. Like what? Like uh, Walking Dead. Remember I told you I just kind of forgot about it? I was like, you know what? My sister has some episodes recorded. No, but (laughs) it's one of those things I tell you where it's like, it's not that it's horrible, but it's just like I've been invested in for so long. I can watch it. How I imagine that Star Wars fans who want to hate the new franchise, keep watching the new franchise. I think that's kind of how I treat it, but okay. I don't hate I don't hate it. I just it's not as exciting as it once was, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um so I caught up on all that and that's even hilarious because I'm like, "Oh shit. Yeah, okay, cool. The last, next episode." I'm like, "Oh, did it rec- Oh, you know what? It comes on today." So I was like, oh, "I'll just watch it tomorrow." And then I check on Monday and it's like I didn't, oh, maybe they're doing that thing where, you know, sometimes the, the season finale comes like, uh, not this week, but the next week. And then it's, nope. You know what it is? Wow. That they didn't finish the season finale. So, oh, because of the. Yeah. So it's, so the, and I didn't pick up on the commercial, but the commercial literally says season finale coming sometime this year. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I know. I was like, what the fuck? Because I, I technically binge watched it. Because I was like, I didn't see any of this like fucking season. So I just was binge watching it. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. I get to the fucking end. And it's not even the end. I'm like, what the fuck? So that's irritating. I mean, I don't really suffer from like being cooped up. Because not only am I an essential worker. <sighs> But I'm an essential worker double over now. 
Does that mean that not just one company gets to fuck you over? Two companies get to fuck you exactly. over? Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's weird. Um, some lady uh, we were talking to over the phone was like that she works to two essential work, workers' jobs, right? And she can't be out and about. She has to have special, like, paperwork because the police will pull her over. And I was thinking... I mean, no one's ever stopped me like, hey, why are you driving around? Are they from here? Yeah. I could understand if it was like, because I know California has like a full lockdown. Where yeah. It's all, like you you have to have special like form saying like you're an essential worker. But not here. I mean, I'm, I, I don't think. No one's pulled me over. It was kind of weird. The, I mean, the only thing I've been doing um, is like catching up on things. I, I mean, or like. Just watching things over. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like, uh, I don't think it's getting to me. I think it's just starting to get to other people. Yeah. And that's the irritating part because I can't control other people. I can only control myself. So while they're losing it, I'm just like, yeah, but. Having having going through been going through all this, it's like, man, I really want to go to the movies, like yeah. really bad, like to go to like movie theater. It's gonna be interesting though, once all this stuff dies down and things start to open up, and people start going out again, because you know, there's gonna be like, well, we have to be I have to be inside for a while, so like I'm gonna go out every day, and I'm gonna go do this more, and I'm gonna go do that more, and it's like. Oh no! Then it's gonna be even more busy. If, if everyone's out and about, I guess I should just stay in. But isn't that gonna be like a bad thing? Like having all these people just all of a sudden yeah. at once, like yeah, just because they weren't yeah. like, oh man, I, I'm kind of sick. But you know what? I need to get out because like I haven't been outside in like three days. I do actually like this world that we live in right now where people are slowing down. They're not doing as much. I mean, the world itself even said like, Hey guys, look at, we're starting to show wildlife from certain places. Again, things are starting to clear up. Remember how there was smog everywhere? Not anymore. So it's like, it is showing you like, Hey guys, it's good to just like not keep overdoing things. Hey, Venice isn't, is not going to sink as fast as we we thought it was going to anymore? Oh, wait, dolphins are back, and oh, animals are actually living in places that they used to live? Great. Okay, can't wait to get the economy started. Yeah, can't wait to turn that all back around. No, but, like, it's it's cool to see, like, hey, guys, see how some of this stuff works out? But at the same point, it, it does suck knowing, like, yeah, even even the little the little fun that we had of, like, Going to the movies or maybe even going to a show or something or, you know, even like a light hangout. Like that's kind of impossible right now. That's that's the bad part of it. But technically I'm holding up well because I just get to do what I do anyways, but three times more. This is the fucking news. So you can add Robin Hood to the list of Disney remakes. Uh, the 1973 animated film Robin Hood will be getting a live action slash CG update, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, the remake, led by blind spotting director Carlos Lopez Estrada, and the remake of Lady and the Tramps writer Carrie Grenland, is it's still in an early development, 
but is expected to be an, a musical like the original one. For anyone who doesn't know, Robin Hood as a fox, and Little John's a bear, Prince John's a lion, Friar Tuck's a badger, you know, Donald Trump's a weasel. Um, you know, what everyone assumes those animal, those people would be as animals. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of details yeah. still unknown about um, the next steps, um, but I mean... I'm kind of excited. I I, I like uh, Robin Hood. Are they gonna do what the original cartoon did? What? And you know how they use like similar stills. Yeah. So are they gonna use similar shots from the Jungle Book? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, uh, I, I think they're gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> they just get Christopher Walken to come back. Hey, it's me, Christopher Walken. <laughs> I don't remember a giant orangutan. In the movie, <laughs> uh. The thing is, though, how are they going to do it? See, that's what I want to know, too. Is it going to be like cats? If we're being honest, yeah, they're not just animals. They're they're basically humans, but just like in in a costume. Yeah. So (laughs) it's not like the Lion King where they were still animals, just talking animals. Mm -mm. Uh, I don't think they've done anything that's even remotely close to what this movie is, right? No, because like all the animals in Jungle Book are an- are animals. Yeah. Uh, well, it says it says live action CG, so I think what they mean is like the backgrounds will be live action, right? And the animals will be seen. But I don't want them to be like I don't want to be like a fox and he's like two feet tall and then yeah. like little John's a bear and he's six foot seven and it's like that's what I mean. The serious question because this is something they've done before, so. Mm-hmm. I think what I'd want to see is they have people, mm. actors, yes, with prosthetics, yeah, and then CG on everything else, yeah, yeah. So somewhat like a cat, cat thing, but you know, not cat cat. Why can't they just hire people who are furries to do it, right? Maybe. Honestly, I don't know if I'd want to watch it, I, but I mean that wouldn't make sense though because. Just like we speak out against Scarlett Johansson taking parts from Asian people mm-hmm. or them not wanting to cast this black exactly. person in this role anymore. If Furries you, live this life. Yeah. So you're, who you're better telling me to that do it? you're telling me that Jason Bateman knows a fox better than Rick down the street who dresses as a fox in his his off time. Sure he doesn't he doesn't tell many people about it. Sure he keeps it a secret. Also don't post that. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, it has to be something like that, right? I assume. I, I'm because if they just do if they do what they did to Lion King, but make it where the animals are more human, then why couldn't you just make this a Pixar movie? Yeah, you know what I mean, that's that's oh, I think that's how because I think with the Lion King and everything else. It can get away with it because that's how the movies were technically presented. Yeah. I mean, sure, obviously the cartoon the original cartoons, they were the faces were more animated, like people, whatever. But I didn't see Simba standing on like two legs and, you know, like lifting weights, like, yeah, I'm gonna get bigger, stronger. It wasn't like that. Yeah. So when it came out Yeah, and you saw as, and then you saw as as a pubescent boy, and then you got grow into a man with ripped abs and a nice behind and he's like yeah i can't wait to go take on my uncle scar wrestle him to the ground it, it makes sense that they would want to do <laughs> something like that right where it's like 
partially. But it, it, yeah, because you're right. Because it it's, it blurs that. Because it's something that they haven't done. Because either with their remakes, it's always been um, live action, where it's like like Mulan or um, Beauty and the Beast, right? Where it's like okay, because those are people. Or yeah, like Lion King and Jungle Book. Okay, because those are animals. But this is the first one that they're trying to adapt. That's like, we can't do it one way. <laughs> we can't do it the other way. It really has to fit this kind of weird slice that works for animation, but doesn't work for live action. The good thing is, is we're in this quarantine phase. Yeah. yeah. So maybe them sitting on the idea mm-hmm. will help them push them like. Well, we can't make this too weird because yeah, people yeah. are going to get too horny. Yeah, but then we can't yeah. make it not too weird. It's going to get too boring. Yeah, sure. They have to find the perfect middle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they have, like I said, they, they have should, longer than normal. They should just bring back Idris Elba and he could be Robin Hood. Why not? The Hellraiser reboot moves forward with David Brucker at the helm. Uh, Br- uh, Bruckner, sorry. Bruckner is a horror veteran with The Signal, VHS's, um, the segment um, Amateur Night, and two episodes of Creepshow on his resume. Hellraiser has been in development hell (laughs) since 2006. Uh, Multiple individuals were attached prior to David Goyer, who was producing the venture and was also involved with Bruckner's feature uh, Nighthouse. In 2007, Andre Bustillo and Julian Mori were named as directors, and then they departed the film. Pascal Munguier, I don't know. Todd Far- Farmer and Patrick Lussier were also in the mix as well. At one time, William Fitchner was being considered for the pivotal role of Frank, who starts the entire saga by summoning the Cenobites. Um, currently, the Spyglass Media Group Endeavor is the pre-production, or Endeavor is in the pre-production phase um last year there was some talk of bringing the clive barker horror fest to the small screen as well as in the form of an anthology series we've talked about this in the past because whether it's not yeah whether it's it's us bringing up actual news or whatever but i think i settled on the fact that they should have just had this super sci-fi yeah horror film take place in this like not hell but the leviathan yeah the leviathan or whatever they should start it off there and it's just real fucked up and real crazy and just let it be the weird horror sci-fi almost b-ish movie that it is and then you can make your normal whatever because then you could build up this world being kind of especially now where we could see i mean how many like low budget horror films have we seen where it's like god this is really fucking good yeah that's true just let them take that idea and let and make a whole world out of it and then you take those characters from that world put into the world it's like oh okay that's fucked you know what i mean Mm. it it's almost backwards in a way but we have known of this this storyline, these characters, this every the lore, everything about this thing for so long now, I feel like you could pull it off. And if they do go the route where I've, I, we talked about this before, where they let this original film take this almost 
low budget horror, like new wave low budget horror, mm. where they they give a lot of leeway to like the director and stuff like that, right? Yeah, they let them take that one way. So then, when the movie that they want to make, they could put more money into, and it'll, it'll still feel big, but it still be tied into something very anchored, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you will, when we talk about this a lot. Imagine if you had a continuation story of the endless and the and resolution, right? But you give them a budget of ten million dollars. I wonder what they can do with that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because then, as not only just for fans of us, but people who are coming into this, when that movie comes out, it's going to be something that the these creators have done already, right? And they literally had their their blood, sweat, and tears into this film. That now they have the ability and the money, and and the the freeingness of like, mm-hmm. hey, we could probably do this now. Hey, we could probably do this now. Then you take that and you let them create something a little bit more than this other movie. You're still going to have, I think you could still capture that same feeling and it would still be, it would still be something that for people like us, we could probably be like, well, even though I know the endless is more low budget, like it's still my favorite, but like this just shows you how great these people are. Right. Cause I mean, that's just how I think most modern, um, I don't want to call them quote unquote movie critics, but uh, people who who say they love movies are, you know, they like to be yeah. pretentious about it. I think you get that crowd, you and you get a you get this crowd that we know that's there. I mean, we talk about all the time, like look how big Hereditary was, like look how big um, the Lighthouse was. That people are going to these movies, they love these movies, these weird fucked up, like I said, almost be like movies. But people are drawn to them because they yeah. can see how well these people create this this universe. And I know that's I'm saying I know it's ass backwards, like just <laughs> throwing a movie where you just see nothing but hell for the hour and a half you're watching it sounds crazy. But why not? I mean, that might work. Why not just give it a shot? You literally have tried for decades to yeah. keep this going, and, and, and nothing ever stopped. And I think also the fact that like. You shoehorned other scripts into like things that had nothing to do with the franchise in order to just keep the, the rights to it. So I'm pretty sure you can make you could cobble together something that like is competent enough to be like, oh shit, that actually is pretty good. I mean, honestly, I think what they what you do is you take a newer up and coming director like like this guy. Mm-hmm. You let him do something real weird and crazy and fucked up like he normally would, right? Yeah. But you let him do it on his own terms. And then you invest that money later on. Like, imagine if this was hereditary and then they're like, okay, well, now we want to make the hereditary that we wanted to make, right? Mm. Not this weird Ari Aster, like, oh, I don't get it type of hereditary. We're going to make our hereditary. I think that that gap would be a lot cleaner and stronger as opposed to most most movies we see in this franchise where you're right. It's like, what? Yeah. What is it? Uh, huh? What, what the hell does that have to do with, um, <laughs> with Pinhead? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because we've, like I said, we talked about this a million times before. Why not? Yeah. Why not try it? All right.
So there's a scene in Touchdown Pictures 1984 movie Splash, where a young Tom Hanks watches a beautiful naked mermaid run off into the ocean from which she came. In the original version, the camera follows Hanks' gaze, showing a brief glimpse of a naked butt. Splash received a PG rating because of that shot and the ins- insinuation that comes with it, but people watching the movie in- on Disney Plus were greeted with an entirely different version of the scene. In the re-edited version, which went viral, Disney used CGI hair to cover actress Daryl Hannah's body. A Disney representative confirmed to that a few scenes from Slash were slightly edited to remove nudity, but they did not specify when the edits were made. The representative also confirmed that Slash's rating would revert from PG-13 on Disney+, Plus, different from the original back to PG. It's likely that the original film, with its brief nudity, would have been rated PG-13 if it came out a few months later, but Splash was released in March 1984, and the PG-13 rating didn't exist until July 1984. The change has bewildered social media users. If nudity was the issue, why not bring Splash to Hulu, Disney's other streaming service geared towards older adults? Another person pointed out that a scene in Thor Ragnarok that includes Hulk's naked butt wasn't censored, but it was brought to Disney Plus, although there's likely a difference in perception because between actual nudity and nudity as it pertains to a completely CGI character. Have you have you watched the clip? It looks like she strapped a yeah, I mean, fanny pack over her butt. It's not but like at that point, why don't you just cut and push in? Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, if you're gonna edit the scene anyways, just yeah, what or like or cut before that, right? Just cut that part out. Because she kisses him, then starts running. You could have just cut to, like, his face as he's, like, looking. Yeah, and then show her already in the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I I saw that, I was like, who got paid to do this? Because the other two ways I saw could have easily had it done, and it would have been faster. Yeah. It would have looked a lot smoother. I don't get where this came from. But, honestly, this is just another continuation of what we said couple weeks back about disney and their perceiving of like what is mature and whatever blah 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 yeah and we said pretty much exactly what needed to be said this is just add on to that right like you said with the hulk thing what we were talking about before yeah like cartoons can kind of get away with more because it's not real yeah it doesn't matter any which way you say it it's just not real yeah the simpsons have had like nudity things and you know mm-hmm. suggestive things and all this stuff but they're yellow people yeah so they get away with it. yeah and then and you can make the same argument like well she's supposed to be like a mermaid yeah but the person playing it is an actress a real live person mm. so that's where the change happens and yeah i mean i do understand why they would want to cut it out because you're right, bare butt is definitely more nudity than I think Disney actually wanted. Mm. But then, same point, it's like, yeah, but that could have just been a PG-13 thing. It's not like it lingers on her ass for two yeah. minutes. Or does it, it's not like they zoomed in as she's walking Yeah, like away. It's, it's a pretty far shot anyway, so it would have been fine either way. I think by doing this, you're making more of a splash. Like, you know, no pun intended. But then also... You're just making things worse for you in the future. Yeah. Because there's going to be something else that comes up and people are going to complain about that of like, well, what, how is that different? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like a, it's a whole rabbit hole. And I mean, we've talked about it multiple different, like from different angles too. like 
do the does the creator as even if they're the ones changing it do they get to say like just because it's you're the fan doesn't mean that just because you, what you want isn't that doesn't mean that that's not what someone else wanted like I, there's so many ways you can look at it too like yeah you could see it as the like the way that the the rest of like these other articles I was reading um were going were like well, this just leads to a whole rabbit hole of them just censoring things willy-nilly without you even, like, noticing. And, like, no one remembering, like, any of the old ways and this and that. It's like, um, I don't think they're going to go that far. I-, I don't know. And then they try and bring up the whole, like, Fox, Disney buying Fox thing. And it's like, what does that have to do with anything? <sighs> yeah, Yes, it is. It is a slippery slope, right? But I think it's a slope, too, that, like can go either way because if we let fans dictate things too much then what happens then we get terrible movies right i mean this conversation is never going to be over oh no uh but it it is interesting because this is already i think the second time we're talking about it in the last couple months i'm not saying it's bad but to see like how much they're doing it could be that could be like the breaking point of, yeah, if they're cutting out certain ca- characters or storylines, show- shows, and it's like, but why? And then you look into it, and it's like, oh, it's not white Christian you know, values. You go on Disney Plus, and you're like, I want to watch Princess and the Frog, and it's not there anymore. Yeah, that's when I think the real problem would come. But as of right now, like we said prior to, it is just them trying to figure out, like, well, this is more for younger people so let's try to keep it that way right Mm. showing bare ass in a movie is seen as sexual a lot so i could see how they're like yeah we don't want to show our kids that so i'm almost positive that this whole thing isn't as big as the other two we talked about last time but the fact that it's still going on it's uh, i don't know we'll talk about it again obviously because we really know disney's gonna fucking do it again yeah But until then, uh, just chill, guys. I'm sorry. Hey, Terry. Terry. No, no, no. You need to go. What is he doing with him? I'm as baffled by this conflicting evidence as you are. Did you kill my son, Terry? Look at me! Terry murdered a child. Everything he does after that is like he's begging us to catch him. What kind of criminal does that? He didn't do it. The evidence and the counter evidence. I'm struggling with that. Where are you going with all this? Is that Terry Maitland? 70 miles away. The same day, the same time as Frankie Peterson was murdered. A human being cannot exist in two realities at the same time. I didn't kill that kid, Ralph. When the facts are filled with coincidences, don't dismiss those coincidences. I have no tolerance for the unexplainable. Well then, sir, you'll have no tolerance for me. All she's asking is that we keep an open mind. You keep your mind open. I'm just going to look for facts, evidence, dumb cop shit like that. I think you should drop the investigation. 
If you don't, I feel like something very bad is gonna happen. Something bad's already happened. If you can't get yourself to really believe then you're a danger to everyone else. When I was a kid, I didn't believe in anything. Not God, not the devil. But now I believe. There's something else out there. It was worse than I ever imagined. The Outsider is an American horror crime drama miniseries based on the novel of the same name by Stephen King. In Flint City, Ohio, police detective Ralph Anderson, played by Ben Mendelsohn, arrests popular teacher and little league coach Terry Maitland, played by Jason Bateman, in front of a crowd of baseball spectators, charging him with raping, mutilating, and killing an 11-year-old boy. Maitland hires his friend and lawyer Howie Solomon, played by Bill Camp, to assist him but Anderson has eyewitnesses and clear forensic evidence pointing to his guilt. In the meantime, eager reporters harass Maitland's wife, Glory, played by Julianne Nicholson, and his two daughters, Sarah and Grace. The district attorney tells Anderson to break Maitland's alibi in order to make this an open and shut case. Anderson discovers, however, that multiple eyewitnesses confirm Maitland was out of town when the murder occurred at a writer's conference in a neighboring town. Conference site security footage also provides confirmation of Maitland's alibi. Anderson finds a book at the conference center gift shop that Maitland, or his doppelganger, touched, and the fingerprints on the book are confirmed to be Maitland's. The district attorney encourages Anderson to destroy the new evidence, but he does not. Despite evidence that Maitland was in two places at once, Anderson still believes Maitland killed the boy. Maitland is shot to death outside the courthouse by the older brother of the victim, who is subsequently shot and killed by Anderson. Anderson is placed on administrative leave, and the district attorney decides not to seek re-election. With the help of private investigator Holly Gibney, played by Cynthia Arrivo, she follows the trail of clues that takes her across country. Jack Hoskins, played by Mark Menchacha, an officer in the law enforcement is coerced by the outsider, the real killer, into killing Anderson. With the help of a number of characters, Anderson and Gibney discover that they have an actual monster on their hands. They set out to destroy him in a large cave where two children died years earlier. The Outsider. The Stephen King-based thriller sci-fi cop show mm-hmm. uh, interesting one yes because as I was watching it I was like this is just a cop show but because it is Stephen King <laughs> it obviously flips and yeah. then you get to the story because I hadn't watched it and then you were telling me about it and you're like yeah it's it's pretty good and then you know what just 
when you get to like about the fourth episode, then then it becomes a Stephen King story. <laughs> I think that's what you, you said pretty much, right? Because yeah. to be honest, it was it was a good show, but it was lacking the sci-fi part until until you realize like. Oh, it has to do with like doppelgangers or something because uh-huh. something's not adding up. Yeah, and and even though you know you're waiting for like the sci-fi part, it's almost like, is it a sci-fi part or is it like a mental thing? Yeah, yeah. Because that's I honestly thought it was gonna be some weird like mental shit where like the guy was making a lot of the shit up or you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I honestly didn't really know because I never read the book or anything, but. I will say that I think it was the second episode, a third episode, where they they do that shot where he like looks over, and I think it's um I think it's Jason Bateman's character that sees the hooded the the like hooded guy, yeah. the outsider, and you could see like he's kind of weird. So I saw that and I was like, well, okay, so it has to be something, right? And sure enough, it comes full around. And it's like, oh yeah, this is a full sci-fi thing. And after, honestly, like, it's not that the first, like, two or three episodes are boring. It just kind of was like, but where's the, like, Stephen King yeah. part? Yeah, then know, it turns into, honestly, the I think, <laughs> was it the fourth or fifth? Well, the fourth episode is the one where you learn about Al Cuco. Okay. And then four and five is really where it starts turning. Yeah. Because it's like you start learning about Al Cuco, and then you, you, and then that's when she starts, like, putting the pieces together of, like, Oh well, this person came into contact with this person, and they scratch and they they scratch this person, and then they scratch that person, and then every twenty seven years it has to kill no, and that's, feed. No, that's that's a different one. Oh, uh, oh, that's a different one about a boogeyman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Honestly, though, I did like the fact that it wasn't as hard hitting with references as like a Castle Rock. Okay, yeah, no, it doesn't have as many, like... But the fact that once it became, like, this, the Stephen King type of show you did, it's like, oh, I could kind of see this in every other Stephen King type of an adaptation. Yeah. If that makes any sense. The, the fact that it has, like, a bunch of people coming together to defeat a monster, that's literally, like, oh, <laughs> that's literally that... I, I'm pretty sure he has a template... Honestly, I like as much as I love Stephen King, it's like that's one hundred percent true, and anyone yeah. out there who loves Stephen King will agree with me. Like I said, <laughs> with the story, you know kind of where it's going, mm. and then it gives you a little bit more where you're like, obviously that's it, obviously that's it. But you're still watching it, like yeah, bro, I gotta watch, I gotta see, because I, I honestly I didn't think that. The entity, the outsider, or whatever. I didn't think it was gonna like talk to them and tell them all this shit. I thought it was just gonna be like they found it out and try to kill her or something. Yeah. Right? But the fact that it's smarter than I think I thought it was also makes it kind of like cool. Because even because like I said, he even says like, "Oh, I'm there. There probably is other things. I don't fucking know, but yeah. like I don't you know, whatever." Yeah. So it's like cool, dude. Just tell me like, is there aliens? Was there like a place where you there's aliens if, at? And, but if and if they like, take the time to explain kid. it, and they're like, okay, so basically there's a macroverse, and see, 
um, I'm part of a species that came from the darkness that came from the what we call the prim. Okay, so it was the darkness that came out of the beginning of the universe that was there before the light, and then see King Arthur, but in a different realm yeah, he man. slew the the crimson queen who was the leader of the the prim and basically he defeated them and pushed them back to the darkness in between the spaces between stars and so i'm just a monster from that shut up mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right it, but <laughs> but like i like that that one line does kind of make you feel like Oh, yeah, because we are in a Stephen King universe. Yeah. There has to be more weird yeah. shit, right? And I, I I love how, like, it just sets everything up so perfectly. It's like, the first episode, you're kind of like, how is he going to get out of it? It literally is an open and shut cha- case. Because everyone, all these people saw him, like, they have all this evidence. And then you're like, well, where is it going to go? Like how, Like, how can the story be? And then, like, yeah, and then they start bringing in, like you said, doppelgangers. But then it's it's just like it's just slightly off, and that's what I think Stephen King's so good at is like he creates this universe where like in like a, a small town where it's like, but something's just slightly off, so that makes one person be like, "Hey, maybe I should hire a private investigator," and yeah, sure, she's like, she's got like Aspergers, I think, um, she's gonna hunt it down and then. And then it just gets crazier and crazier, but, like, this... I think it, it does it really well. I think this... And, like, and I was trying to tell you, like, it, it's only, like, ten episodes. It's, like, a per... Like, this is the perfect length. If you want, like, a Stephen King story. If it went too much longer, they would have had to go into, I think, more detail about, like, the monster. Or, like, what it wants or something. You know what I mean? Like, I think it would have just muddied things up and, like like a whole episode dedicated to like, or like a whole like little mini arc of him not believing her. Like, cause it takes what one episode for him to be like, I don't believe this. And then he's like, all of a sudden at the end, he's like, oh, I think I believe it. Pretty much. But even in the <laughs> end, he doesn't really believe it until he's like there with it. Yeah. And seeing it. Uh, um, and I do like too that, like this idea of like that. It also like pulls people in to like do its bidding. Yeah. I think I was more surprised with, how much I like this. I think not that it's that's bad or anything, but I do feel like with the Stephen King story, you could get one or the other. Yeah. And uh, this was definitely something that it was more grounded than something like a castle rock, Mm -hmm. but it still had that weirdness towards the end that made you feel like, yeah, I could see this this being a part of that because, like, we talked about with Castle Rock. Like, I really love that mm. because it's just everything's there. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's all just there happening. But this one was more subdued. This one was more of like, hey, this might be something. Uh, I don't know. We gotta check on it. And then as you get more and more into it, even the girl who I think she's supposed to be the one that you would think would be like, of course that's not real. But like she said, like power of deduction this is the only thing that makes sense mm. <laughs> and even though it doesn't make sense this what this is yeah. honestly what it has to be because yeah. this is the only thing that's coming up yeah th- this fits all the pieces of the puzzle it's like yeah um and i thought that was cool plus the chicago detective guy 
the one that she brings in. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was hilarious because he's like, man, this chick is fucking weird. Yeah. But she's hot. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to bang her. Yeah. As soon as he was like, like the first time you see him and like he's talking to her, I was like, damn. He's like, like. He, he was already like, oh, here's my business card. Like, I was like, dang, he wants it so yeah. hard. Like, I mean, she's fucking crazy. But she's also super banging, so <laughs> I'm going to get in that. Um, so you got to get my respect to that guy, you know. Honestly, I really liked it. I love the way it ended, too. Like, yeah. right, you're right, because the ending, you could have just had the show end like normal, and you're like, that's a good story. Thanks for telling that. But that little added on towards the end of her having that weird dream or whatever. And then it's like, oh, is that is that a scratch from the thing? Or is that? Well, see, I was watching a, a video and they were saying that um, you don't see her with the scratch when she's there with um, Ben Mendelsohn at the end. That scene, though, has, has to take place after that, though. So that means yeah, that. Yeah, because they're saying goodbye. Yeah, so. The scratch might be in like her mind or something. I don't know. Or she, maybe she got it from something else. I think it's meant to be ambiguous. Yeah. To where if this story never picked up again, then you decide on yeah, yeah. is it is that scratch real? Is it just her dreaming? Is it is it just a scratch that she got randomly, or is it you know something more? But I think that's exactly what I was going for, which. Does make it feel more Stephen Kingish than anything. That's true. So, and all in all, it's a really good and see, show. Yeah, well, mi- mini series, mini series. Because, in all honesty, if it didn't, if they, if they just left it like this, ten episodes, I'd be like, yeah, perfect. If they decided to continue it, I mean, I would want to see more because I think, I think they all work really well together. Like the cast is really good, but what I would want to see is something. Like this again, where it's like it starts off like a norm, like normal everyday, like thing, but like maybe something stands out where it's like, oh, it's something supernatural. I think you're right. If if they did something that was um, closer to like a Castle Rock, right, mm-hmm. where same universe, it's different things going on, you know, the the difference between the first season, second season of Castle Rock, at first didn't feel like there was nothing there. It was slowly starting to come in more and more of like, oh, oh. So you get to the end, you're like, okay, of course. Um, But I feel like what what this show could do is, you're right, move it, move it to the the West Coast, right? Have a different, completely different story, but still tied into like the same universe. Yeah, because maybe Holly's character, right, gets pulled into this again. Yeah, I think this just goes to show that his his uh, adaptations aren't stopping anytime soon. No. Mm-mm. And honestly, like, this is small time compared to what they want to do with, like, um, The Stand. Yeah. And, uh, it and gives with, me hope that that's going to be good. And the, the, the thing that I like is when people take the story and they make it, like, they're, like, 1980 George Lucas, where they're like, hey, so you can write this shit all you want, 
But, like, when you have it on screen, it doesn't make any fucking sense. So then he's like, oh, you know what? You're right. That's what he's doing with the stand where he's, like, he's changing things. Because to make it fit, like, not only modern times, but also to give, like, a satisfactory ending. Because if you ever read the book, it's more of like a, hey, do you think mankind will ever be, like, capable of not destroying itself? Oh, that's that's literally how the book ends. And it's like, I think he, I think he's going to... He said that he's going to tell like a longer story and like explain where everyone ends up. And it's like, see, it could be, it can be good. It can be bad. We've seen that before. But I think nowadays people have enough, like he does have enough clout to be like, I'm not changing this. I'm not changing that. Right. But at the same time, I think he's been around the business enough to be like, okay, I see what you guys mean. I watched Maximum Overdrive. I was so coked out of my mind. You're right. I mean, we've known this for a while. And I think we talked about this, like, revamp of of him coming back into, like, major Hollywood and all this stuff. I think stuff like this just shows, like, doesn't matter what you get from him. It could be good. Yeah. So hopefully the stand could be good. Yeah, because there was a long time, a long period from like the late 90s to the 2000s where it was like, oh, it just kind of seemed cheesy. And now it's getting back to being like people are taking it serious. Yeah. And I think the outlier of this whole thing would be the Dark Tower because that technically, the idea of the Dark Tower series becoming on TV and movies, it was always grand. But we have to settle for a single movie. Excluding that, I think things have been going pretty well for adaptations. And honestly, with you telling me he wants to make some changes to the stand and it being like an actual TV series, it would be kind of interesting to see what happens. So honestly, good show. Back yeah. super hard. Um you got HBO Max should be coming out, right? If not already out, uh, check it out because it is on HBO. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't think you'll be upset. It's 10, 10 episodes, awesome acting. And and I I think when people first hear like Stephen King, they're probably like, oh, that means this and this is going to happen. Or this and that. It's like, no, like imagine Mindhunter, but it, set in it. Yeah. That's what I would I would describe it. Yeah, it's actually very little sci-fi in it, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Like it's a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? Something you would something you would think would be from someone who literally said like, "Oh yeah, these beings are like from like a place that isn't here, but like they can be here, but they're not actually from here." It's I'm like, assuming what the because fuck are you talking about? He, he always does that. Yeah. It's like So, with with <laughs> someone <laughs> who can do shit like that just tell this story and we can see the story and even though there is a sci-fi ele- element to it it's pretty small compared to the grander story i think that's where it could draw some people in that wouldn't usually be into something like this so if you like that you like good storytelling you like good acting check it out Let's talk about ratings, not like ratings as in like the Nielsen ratings or 
ratings as in like the MPAA ratings because we've already talked. I'm pretty sure we talked about both of those subjects. So this is a third form of ratings that um, we haven't talked about. But one that I think a lot of people would probably ask us about because um, I think we started off like giving ratings based off of like Rotten Tomatoes, but we stopped that like right away because we just don't give ratings for films. We talk about the good, the bad, and all the things in between. But, like, I think a lot of people would ask us, like, hey, it's not that bad podcast. How come you guys don't give, like, out of five or out of ten or how many thumbs up you give it or or um, how many times do you flip off the screen when you watch it? Because, um, hey, how about you shut your fucking mouth and we'll tell you why. One is because I think we both came to the consensus that we don't really need to do that because we're going to talk about the film anyways. And we're giving you our opinion. Like, an opinion can't be really... Bo- like, I always find it so hard to boil down a rating. Like, even on Letterboxd, when I'm on there and I'm, like, trying to give something, I'm like... <sighs> but, like, I'll do, like, a three, but then I'm like... But it was a little bit better, three and a half. But, <sighs> but was it three and a half worthy? And sometimes there lies in lies the dilemma. And I would say, I've always heard that in my for my whole entire life that critics always give, oh, out of five stars. Or um, even on YouTube, they try and be creative and they like say, oh, this many bear penises out of Jake Jake Gyllenhaal's, and it's like, what does that even mean? Because they're quirky, Dom. Uh, or the one... They have a personality. <laughs> the one the one guy, he goes, like, based off of, like, whether or not you should watch it sober, watch it drunk, or completely drunk, and then in between, it's like, what? So the answer is, it's stupid. It really is. I think that's why we... Because, like, even with Rotten <clears throat> Tomatoes, like, their, their scores are dumb yeah. a lot of the time because... I mean, there's movies that we love that we would never give. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, how many times have we talked about where it's like, so-and-so has a what on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? The and movie's La- amazing. And Lady Bird has almost 100. It has 99. That's not right. I think as we kept going on with this, it became more and more of like, yeah, that's not the way we do things around here. Because... Yeah. Because when we started the podcast, I think it was on the basis of let's just talk about movies. Yeah. But then we were quick to realize, like, but movies are good. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter which way you go for or against a movie. For the majority of the time, a major- uh, movie is supposed to be entertaining and that's exactly what we said. Movies are entertaining. Mm-hmm. Sure, they're there are movies that are masterful art pieces and oh every oh this scene and and the way they colored this and oh how this like yeah i get it yeah but then you could watch a Joe Dirt that's just stupid mm. but it's funny stupid yeah. it's laugh out loud stupid exactly. and makes you literally hurt from laughing so hard stupid it's entertaining you. Yeah, and yeah. it's still entertaining. And what's the difference between those movies other than people saying, like, yeah, but, like, this isn't a part of the Criteria Collection? It's like, so? Yeah. Does that mean that it's any 
worse, any better. Just because Chasing Amy is in there doesn't mean that uh, Mallrats or James Tyler Bob Strikes Back doesn't deserve to be in there. Yeah. If you go down that thought, then it's like, Dogma is my favorite movie he's ever done. Oh, yeah. Dogma's amazing. I think it's better than any of, any of the movies you said. But is it on the Criteria Collection? I no. don't know. Is it? No. Exactly. Mm. But if I had to pick, I'd, I'd take that out and be like, oh, yeah, Dogma, for sure. Yeah. And it's it's just ridiculous to boil down like how you feel about a movie to a number or like a statistic. Because it's like, I can't quantify how I feel about all the Star Wars movies, they make me feel good when I watch them. Some are noticeably not as good as other ones, but even ones that are bad, like Attack of the Clones, I can still sit there and be like, oh, I love this. this is, it's so stupid, but it's so good. Or like I can I, I can sit and watch the um, Rise of Skywalker and be like, this is good. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Or even like Prometheus, I can sit there and be like, this is... Probably one of the most well thought out like movies because it has just so much in it. It's those kinds of things where it's like it's so unquantifiable. But then there's movies that people always put up as like, yeah, but it's no Shawshank Redemption. It's like Shawshank is fine, but more fast. But yeah, it's like it, it gets boring. Like there was a time where it was like constantly on, and it's like this movie gets boring after a while. <laughs> like you, you're telling me you sit there and watch this. Over and over, I, I can't. Um, or like The Godfather. Like, I sit there, I watched yeah. The Godfather once, and I'm like, it's fine. It's pretty good. And then I saw the second one, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Um, Because we're talking about this, I, I want to bring up. I think at the time, it felt stupid. But now that we've been living with it for a while, it actually makes a lot more sense, at least for people like us, is what Netflix did. And how they got rid of the ratings, and yeah. they're just like, "Did you like it or not?" Yeah, or and the only percentage it gives is a match. Like, hey, you liked this movie, so you'll probably like that movie. Yeah, and and it does give you like, well, this is a seventy percent, so it could be a hit or miss. Yeah, but Usually this is like out. a yeah, this is like a ninety five percent, so I'm probably gonna like it. And some sure, sometimes they're wrong, but I will say that. When they're saying that they match for one thing or another, it's like, I could see why they told me I'd like this. <laughs> and that's my fault. But honestly, that's more in line of what we want to do. Yeah. Where we're willing to say, hey, you know what? This isn't perfect because, yeah, like, this is kind of dumb. And this part was really weird and uh, whatever. But it's still entertaining. It was still fun. Oh, you got to see... So-and-so almost naked. That's cool, right? That's, you know what? Seeing so-and-so always, or almost naked is always the best. Exactly. So that deserves at least, like, a watch, Mm. right? That's true. And I think that also curves our movies that we want to review. Because we could review everything. Yeah. But there's things that I think I'd have you watch and you're like, just don't want to like it. Stupid. And it's like, no, but enjoy it. You're like, I can't. And there's things that you would have me watch, and I'm like, yeah, this is dumb. And you're like, but it's so classic. Oh, my God. Okay, not everything I like is the oh, Criterion so Collection. Cool. Oh, look at oh. And it's like, shut up. But in all honesty, doing that doesn't do anyone favors because we're going to like one thing over the other. And having us just go back and forth of 
how much we don't like one thing or don't like other doesn't solve anything. No. But when we get into this, and and I'm not saying that we never review movies we don't like. Obviously, there's movies where we're like, uh, we got to, we have to find stuff to like about this movie, because some movies aren't that bad. Like it's, I know it's weird to say, but sometimes it's not that bad. Yeah, it may not be the perfect movie, may not be the funniest, the most heartfelt, the most action packed, but doesn't mean that it's not good. I think giving it a rating means that we have to put movies above other movies, and sometimes. Yeah, some movies are deserve to be put above other movies, but at the same time, like I would say, most anything that Jared Hess has done is amazing. But then at the same time, I could sit there and be like, yeah, but see, like anything like David Lynch is also really good, or Guillermo del Toro, or Denny's Renew, right? Like these are like oh movies that are more oh making you think and oh look at the production and oh. Have you ever wondered if a woman can fuck a fish? And it's like I, I would, I think the rate the thing on Netflix is is way better of just being like, did you like it or did you not like it? Because I could sit there and I could tell you why, this and that and the, the lighting of this and the cinematography for that and this and blah 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 is the best for this for oh well nineteen seventeen should have won because the cinematography and the blah 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 and it's like, yeah, but like sorry to bother you was weird and did a bunch of different things that you never thought you'd want to see in a movie. And it's like, that movie, I would say, is way better than 1917. Yeah. And I think you said it pretty on the head with it because we can break down these movies to the smallest portion of it. Hmm. And I think at one point we were going going to, but we realized, like, yeah, but that's not what we are. We're just people who love watching movies yeah and we're tired of seeing said movie get so much hate like a prometheus yeah and you're saying this this and this and it's like but we can debunk that by telling you that's wrong that's wrong and that's wrong yeah here's why it's not that bad here's why it's entertaining here's why i think they could have changed this here's why i think they shouldn't have changed you know what i mean like yeah yeah we can go through all that but if we're gonna sit here and say like well, actually, you know, um, if we're talking about best pictures and like, I think Little Women has to take it because they actually had to uh, remake this whole area to like the 1800s and do that. You know what I mean? Like, you can get that anywhere. And anyone can tell you on YouTube, like, out of what out of 10, like, this movie's good. But in the long run, it's like, does it really matter? Because. As much as someone could tell me how much they hate Hotel Artemis, they could break down why this is dumb, why this doesn't make sense, whatever. I watched it sporadically, just like, oh, yeah, Batista's in it. Jordy Foster's in it. Why not? And I came out of it like, you know what? That was a good movie. I'm not saying it was the best movie. I'm not saying like it, it was like The Lighthouse. When I left The Lighthouse, I kept thinking about it. Literally for a whole year. <laughs> I kept thinking about it. Sure, those, there are movies that do that. And I'm not saying that there aren't. And I'm not saying that someone who wants to review movies that way, sure. But as much as I enjoyed The Lighthouse, I enjoyed this movie. They're completely different movies. But I could tell you exactly why I enjoyed it. I could tell you you know, what was cool. I could tell you what I think would have played out better. Sure, I could do all that stuff. But in the end, when we get down to it, it's... We say, hey, it's not that bad. And we'll even tell you, like, 
hey, if you have a hatred towards clowns, you might not want to watch this yeah. movie because it has a lot of clowns in it. But if you can stomach it, watch it. Like, you know, we'll give that, we'll give a little leeway for movies of, hey, you know, this movie isn't as funny as uh, other, other movie that it's like. But if you like so-and-so, you might like, you know what I mean? Like, we're always down to say that. But in the long run, when we review movies, it's, you just want to say, like, a movie can be entertaining without it having to be a masterpiece. Yeah. When it comes down to it, rating things doesn't necessarily do anything for us anymore mm-hmm. um sometimes they're for a laugh like we'll say like yeah oh you see so-and-so got like 80 percent. it's like what the fuck i got 80 percent yeah but we don't judge on we don't judge those movies on like what we should watch what we shouldn't watch we try we try not to bring them up when we're reviewing movies no. we try not to give um a percentage of like oh well yeah 80 percent of this movie is like a good movie like we try not to because, in all honesty, the movie as a whole is what we want you to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, we'll, we'll give you the down of a movie if it has one or the great parts of the movie that, you know, we want to talk about. But in all in all, we'll say, like, yeah, it's not that bad. Or or we'll say, like, of course it's not that bad. It's the greatest fucking movie ever. But I don't know. That's just where we land and... If you guys like that, cool. If you don't, I mean, there's a million other people out there who will give you, you know, exactly. five five slap hands out of ten. <laughs> I don't know. But whatever. Just uh, we appreciate that you guys are listening in the first place. And we appreciate the fact that we're not exactly similar to other movie reviewers, but... You guys are still listening. Yeah. Um, And we're not doing it to be different. We're just doing it because we're sick and tired of seeing everything be the same. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, we are going against the grain, but not to be like, yeah, we're different, so we're quirky. We have a thing. It's more of like, no, guys, these movies are fucking cool. Like, stop being dicks about it. We. I wish there was more podcasts that did this where they're like, hey, yeah, guys, you know what? It's not. It's not. It's not that bad. Oh, wait, that already exists. The closest thing I could uh, think of anyone doing similar things other than Netflix are the people that say, like, hey, this is definitely a go-watch right now, or, hey, you should wait to rent it, or just watch it free on TV. Yeah. Like, people that do that I think is the closest because majority of the time they're that's their way of saying, like, oh, it's great and see it now, or... It's not that good. You can wait till TV. But most of the time when I see those, there's at least trying to be positive. Like, yeah, you could put it on TV in the background months later. It doesn't matter. So, And I think the takeaway should be that you're constantly hearing why movies are bad. And we just feel like it should be on even footing and we should be able to tell you why movies are good. Or at least not that bad. What that will say... Thank you for listening, as always. Yes, thank we you. We appreciate it. If you would give us a follow on your streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget to like us on YouTube. Yeah. We have a link in the description of the episode. Uh, follow us on our social. That's INTB underscore podcast for Instagram and Twitter. You can email us directly at INTB podcast at gmail.com. And let us know 
if you like the way that we review movies? Do you hate the fact that we don't give you a percentage or a out of whatever? Yeah, how out of how many burly Hugh Jackman's asses do you rate us? Tell us. Yeah. See, we're weird. we're quirky. Or um, maybe did you like The Outsider? Have you seen it yet? Have you not? Are you gonna wait till the hype dies down and then you're like, <laughs> I'm cool, and then you watch and you're like, Oh my god! Or did or, you hate it? Or is there any other Stephen King uh, adaptions that you liked or absolutely hated? Yeah, let us know. Um, are you also in quarantine during this whole thing? You let better be know. in quarantine, right? <laughs> Yeah, just let us know because if you're not, then I'll have Dom call your local authorities Mm. so he can snitch on you. Yeah. But honestly, thank you for listening, especially in times like these where we don't really know what's going on. And uh, especially for something like us where we kind of want to focus on newer movies and newer movies happen to just not come out, I guess. Or they're thrown up right away and it's like anyone watching I want to say thank you and I hope you keep listening to us as we get through this whole thing together yeah so please remember as always it's not that bad it's not that bad